Who can say where the killer roams? When the blood flows, it's slaying time. Slay away. Slay away. Slay away. where we discuss the inspiration behind your favorite horror films, lore, gore, and every kill in between. Hey Slayers, welcome to a very special episode of Slay Away. I'm Enola Lagosi, and on this episode, I'm joined around the campfire celebrating the fifth anniversary of one of my favorite horror games, Dead by Daylight, with Fog Whispers, Geef, Die Hard Diva, and Dylan KG. Welcome all of you to Slay Away. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, of course, Enola. Thank you for uh, for having me. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm great. I'm I'm really honored to be here. So uh, I, I want to go ahead and like say thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so excited to have you here. So I'm going to dive into some questions. Dead by Daylight has a relatively simple premise. Four players have to band together and try to escape, while another player, as a savage killer character, attempts to murder them all and you're all killer mains even though some of you frequently dip your toes into playing survivor so my question for you is what's your favorite character to play Incorrect. Incorrect. I've got a Porsche, darling. No, I am a killer main. I probably literally in my 3,000 hours, I probably have about 200 hours in Survivor. I don't, I do not agree with frequently dip. Hey, I'm just saying I don't frequently dip. It's like I don't enjoy the Survivor experience. Cues are horrible, but 100% the blight. I love the blight. He's so good. He's so zoomy. He just, oh man, he just zooms everywhere. That's it. That's his whole thing. Uh, yeah, he's so quick. He's so speedy. He gets around. I just like it. Like he's my favorite killer has been since he was introduced.
it's it's hard because like Matt Makote said, like there's basically 27 survivors and 24 killers in the game so you can't really have one favorite so i kind of bounce around for survivor i love claudette which was my very first survivor i started playing with with dvd then jane romero and elodie reason being if you literally mix them all together that's me irl so it's nice to see literally myself kind of in different characters and then for killer there's just such a good bunch um i love the spirit um just because her lore is crazy and her she's she's just like a, she she has a she has a katana i i can't i can't get over that that's cool i love the huntress i love freddy because nightmare on elm street is my favorite franchise of all time and i'm really liking pyramid head and the trickster so have a fun list of uh characters i love in the game right now My favorite, so I've I've adopted two as my little babies, but um, Pyramid Head and uh, Trickster are my two favorites. Um, Pyramid Head means a lot to me. Silent Hill as a uh, as a franchise, I guess, even though it's sort of almost at this point long dead. Um, I, I grew up with Silent Hill a lot, and me and my older brother used to bond over Silent Hill when I was really really young, and and so. Um, I have such like reverence for that franchise that when Pyramid Head came out and I learned his ability and I learned how like skill based he was and like how strong, like, you know, all the fun ways to play him. I was like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to play this guy. Yeah. And then uh, trickster because he's pretty and people didn't like him for a while. And I was like, well, if nobody will like you, I like you. And, <laughs> and I, I really enjoy playing as him. So those are my two. So Dead by Daylight is a survival horror game. Are you a horror fan outside of your love for the game? And if so, where else can we find you hanging out or creating content in the horror community? Yes, I've played horror games on stream before. Um, I've played Alien Isolation, Hunt Showdown, uh, Soma, we touched on briefly, wasn't that good? Um, Amnesia Dark Descent, I don't see the raving about it. I don't really get it. The problem with horror games for me... I am a fan of the genre. Yes, I am a fan of it. But to me, got to have a good story to really suck me in because horror games by and large, I'm like, okay, and I'm about to be jumped now. That's why I hate jump scares. I'm going to go on a whole tangent. I know I am. I'm going to stop myself. But I just want to put this out now. It is to do with DVD, so I'll link it back in. People have been talking about a Five Nights at Freddy's crossover for like years of DVD. And I can tell you this right now, and I have no problem saying it and actually meaning it. If Five Nights and Freddy's comes to DVD, I'll actually uninstall. I will seriously just uninstall the game. I just won't play it. I know absolutely zero, zero zilch. I hate jump scares in the fact that I think they're cheap. I don't know your stance on them because you're a really big fan of horror, but I don't, I don't think, uh, I mean, come on, if you're going to scare me, you've got other ways to do it, right? Don't just go oogity boogity boo and just jump out. I, I'm pretty sure a, a four-year-old can jump out from a wall and scare me, right? Like, that's not something that you've put time and you've crafted it and experienced, but that's a whole rant that I won't go on just yet. Um, but if it jumps out with a fucking kitchen knife, I'm scared, right? You know? So, yes, with a knife, Anola, I'd still be scared. 
I'd still be scared. As would you, I may add. Horror, no, I am a fan of I am a fan of it, but outside of like DVD and I do play Hunt Showdown, yes. Not really a whole bunch. Um I feel I feel so bad because you've got all so many avid listeners and so many people who really like a horror and I feel I feel so bad because they're 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 thinking, oh yeah, here we go, got a real proper true horror aficionado, and I'm really not, and I hate that, and I'm sorry. I kind of just play the game because I enjoy the game. Um, I love horror. I started at a very young age. I don't know how, because horror is usually rated M, and I kind of got into it at like seven, eight years old. My parents just put on horror movies, and we would like go into like Halloween Horror Nights and stuff. It, I, I don't know, like I don't know how I got into horror at a young age, but here we are. Um, I do enjoy playing Resident Evil. Um, I really like the story mode games like man of a dan until dawn um those choice based games i'm currently working on the walking dead series on youtube i've never played it before but i'm really excited because i love zombies like the last of us or um left for dead like those type of zombie games is what i grew up on but i never like seen the walking dead tv show wise so um someone introduced me to the walking dead so i was like this is great so i i, I play every any horror game you can possibly think of you know i i, I want to i'm gonna say yes but the interesting part about like i love horror i love to be like scared and you know, i think we were all high schoolers at one point that like wanted to go to graveyards and do emf sessions and you know all that um but i'll be honest with you in terms of like being a horror buff in other areas i really am not per se um it's like a a little thing that i enjoy um personally i mean uh recently i'm very excited uh, i was able to i was invited to the conjuring premiere um before the the movie was released i can't talk about it but um so I, i'm posting on twitter a lot more about my movie experiences because i'm going back and enjoying a lot of old horror things that i i you know i didn't see saw until i played dbd and, and you know stuff like that so um twitter is really where i'm going to be more openly talking about that kind of stuff um i do have my own podcast with uh hydro um that is called i'm all years it's primarily a dead by daylight podcast but i have a feeling we're gonna end up dipping our toes into other sorts of horror oriented things uh before long well i'm really excited to hear that and i know when you first mentioned that you were going to be launching the dead by daylight focus podcast um, I hope you felt I was quite supportive of that endeavor. Um, I was really excited because Dead by Daylight is something that is near and dear to my heart. And obviously horror, as you know, is um, very central to me and my personality, my whole being. What got you into horror in the first place? And maybe that's more of a Dead by Daylight question, but you definitely probably had a few leanings in that direction. Yeah. Um, again, it all kind of goes back, I think, to my older brother, who was like a big mentor figure. Uh, when I was just hitting like, you know, adolescence, uh, you know, 11, 12 years old, he's four years older than me. So he was already in the throes of like teenage angst years. And that really influenced me a lot. I remember, like I said, playing a lot of Silent Hill 3, specifically Silent Hill 3 slaps. It's the best one. Um and us kind of bonding over that because there was a few years difference i didn't understand him at a super deep level and he was really detached from me right he's 16 and i'm like 12 so 
us bonding over like a game like that actually really left an impact on me. And uh, even from music influences, right? Um, one of the earliest soundtracks I ever remember loving was the Queen of the Damned soundtrack, which uh, has so many good like songs for a 16 year old. I listened to that, you know, even when I was 16 and older, that soundtrack's really good. So I think a lot of like my older brother influences a lot of horror and dark tones and darker musics and things of that nature. Um, but again, like I said, I didn't end up actually watching film for a long time. Uh, there's something about movies where I only watch them with like a significant other or something like that. It's like special moments. I just don't crash and watch a movie by myself often. Um, and so I missed a lot of great movies, Halloween, Friday the 13th, like all of those I missed when I was a child. So it's been kind of cool as, you know, a 28 year old now to go back and watch the campy horror tropes kind of actually start to exist. Um, but all of that is because of Dead by Daylight. Um, honestly, I didn't think I was going to get into Dead by Daylight. Horror games have always been cool. Like I said, going back to my childhood and they've gotten, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's was a craze and all that. And I, I didn't play a lot of the jump scare video games because they were jump scares. I was like, oh, those are cheap scares, you know, and then Outlast came out and then that that genre really started to hit. Um and I loved all of those things tangentially, but I didn't know about DVD um, until, you know, like 2018 when I purchased it. And I played it. It was a party game. It was fun, uh, but I never like dove or stuck to it. And uh, so it, it took a while for me to come back around to it and actually like for me, it was part of my content journey to go like, I think I'm going to play Dead by Day. Like I, I, this community is great. I know people in it. It's still growing. It's still thriving. So there's room for me to exist here. And that's when, like I said, it brought me back around to all those horror films and movies and things like that, which kind of completed the circle of like me being influenced so young about all of these things, but then not really sticking with them. And then here we are now. I'm just like really knee deep in that world again. So um, took a long time to get here. I'm glad we got here, though, because uh, there's something really unique about horror, whether it's, you know, expressed in video games um, or it's in really interesting movies that have interesting plot twists and devices. Um, it's the genre that's most misunderstood, I think. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's yeah. Horror is really cool. <laughs> and I'm glad uh, I'm glad that I came back around. There's the zombie genre of horror itself. Like, you know, we have your gore, your psychological horror, but then just zombies itself. It's it's just perfect. Like you go around smashing zombies, you run away from the zombies. Zombies are great. Don't give give love to the zombies. They deserve it too. I know they're kind of creepy and uh, but they're great. They're great. Uh, I do actually know what got me into it. I can still remember. Um, Halloween. The uh, Halloween. Michael Myers. That's the one. Uh, however, you're gonna laugh. Okay, so have you seen John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978? I have to know because you know, like I don't like horror movies. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I <laughs> keep going. You'll get the one. It's the worst one of all of them. It's uh, you're on Dangertainment. That's the one. Yeah, Buster Rhymes. Yeah, that one. The one with Buster Rhymes in it. Yep, that was the one I watched. That was the first one I watched, and I was like, "This is schlocky trash," and I love it. He's like, "You're on Dangertainment, motherfucker," and like kicks him out a fucking three story window or something. And obviously, Michael's like, "Whatever, bitch, I'm alive." The point being is, is like, that was the one I started on and I hate life. I know, I know. I was a sleepover. I was young. 
I held off on this because I knew you would judge me. I knew. Um, no, I held off, but it's 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 absolute. It, <laughs> that was the one I started on, and I was like, "This is schlocky trash," but I'm down. Um, then I started seeing some other uh, movies, like horror movies, I dip my toes into, but I never like I would never go and physically say yes, I want to watch this horror movie until the Babadook came out which is an Australian horror movie. Very good. I like it. I'm assuming you've seen it. I reckon if it's horror, you've seen it. So, yes, it's very good. And that was like, yeah, fuck yeah, horror. And then DBD. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I can, I've, I've, I, can, I can do this. I don't really like horror games, but I can do this. And then I realized, although a horror game, I wouldn't put DBD into the traditional horror game camp, like Resident Evil or something, because the shock value wears off pretty quick. And it just becomes murder so long answer to your question i'm sorry but yeah that's what got me into it was i like horror wise was actually the really shitty halloween movie with buster rhymes and god damn i hate saying that so what initially drew you to dead by daylight what brought you back around to playing the game and getting deeper into it so i i joined twitch like watching wise back in 2017 and I watched people play it, but I didn't really have a PS4 or a lot of consoles because I was still going through school, like finishing my last year in college. So I would just always watch people. But then when I finally got a PS4, I saw it on sale and I was like, OK, let me check it out. And just the mechanics of it being four against one was so interesting to me because you don't really see that in games i mean now now we see it a lot more but back then it was just you you have you have one killer fighting against four survivors who are teeing up that just seemed so bizarre for me and i i started off as killer main survivors seemed fun but i was like but the challenge of a killer though like you have to stop these four survivors and i've just been hooked ever since that was early 2018 yeah early 2018 i've been addicted ever since it's a it's a it's a good question because I'll be honest, uh, when I bought it in 2018, I can't remember the moment that I purchased it, purchased it. Like, I can't remember there being like a revelatory moment where I was like, this is a sick game and I'm gonna, but like, I have to assume I bought it on a whim and played it with a few friends for a very short period of time. And that was kind of it for a while. Um, one of my exes was really into Dead by Daylight and was really into um, like the community, knew a lot of people in it. And um, so I, had sort of been introduced to it again for a brief period of time in like 2019. Um, but at the time I was a Warframe partner. I was playing a lot of Warframe. That was technically my main game and playing anything else was growing pains and I wasn't willing to go through the growing pains. So I dabbled in DVD and then it kind of was a thing where I set it aside. Um, but I burnt out on Warframe. Um, I love the game. Nothing against the game. It's just single player content. It's really hard for me to stick to personally for years. Um, and so I did variety content. I played like Resident Evil on stream and we did Animal Crossing when that came out and we kind of bounced around. But at the end of the day, I found that I was an awful variety caster personally. I wanted to play everything. But at the same time, three days later, after starting a new game, I'd want to play something different. I just couldn't stick. And I 
I kind of went back to the idea. I was like, what, what is the thing that makes me stick to games? And it, you know, I'm a competitive player. I like the competition. I like to get better and to constantly be um, honing and, and getting, you know, uh, smarter. And I was like, it's multiplayer games. You know, it's always been multiplayer. Um, and, you know, I, I've never been in a spot to stream multiplayer. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy that's good at FPSs per se. Like I was really into Street Fighter and, you know, all that stuff for a long time. But, you know, I, I wasn't going to get into multiplayer with Overwatch and Apex or COD or I was like, I can't really do those. Those aren't for me. So I was like, well, dead by daylight's weird you know like i said it's got this community it is multiplayer there's something here for me to figure out and i took a look at the directory on twitch i took a look at youtube and i was like this is still alive and i'm at the time i was still like you know i i dabbled back in and i was like i still know some of this and so when i dove in it was literally april 20th of last year 420 of 2020 was my first youtube video i uploaded for dead by daylight and that's when i decided that was the day that i started doing twitch content exclusively for dvd um and so that was that was kind of it you know i i needed something that i was always going to stay in love with that was always going to challenge me and i needed a community that was fairly healthy and you know um I just love the content, obviously, the subject matter, the killers, the survival. There was so much that was weird and new, and I decided I wanted to sign up to be part of all of that weird and new as it developed because it certainly wasn't going in a, away anytime soon, you know? I went right into killer, literally right into killer off the bat. You know why? Because I had just come off Evolve, and, man, I feel bad. I know it's about DVD, but I'm linking all these other things in. I'm linking my entire DVD experience in, but yes... I came off the back of Evolve, and Evolve was a banger of a game. <clears throat> Same deal, isometric, uh, isometrical, geez, asymmetrical. Um, you know, four hunters, one monster. And the problem that I encountered with DVD, or sorry, Evolve rather, was that you really needed a good group to do anything. And I didn't come into DVD when I came into DVD, I was like, is this going to be the same experience? Do I need a full good group? I probably do. And uh, you don't really, but anyone who's solo queued, as I'm sure you have, could attest, uh, solo queue is trash. So it's not a good time. <clears throat> so, so what got me into DVD originally was the fact that I was like, well, this is, this is a, a, a good question. Unfortunately, to explain it, properly and thoroughly it, i need to touch briefly on streaming as a whole but if anyone listens to the podcast who also if they want to uh, this is a good one because if they want to grow on twitch uh, and whatnot this is actually links into that so you know this is free advice normally i charge a lot so listen so to grow on twitch you want to try you can obviously do your own thing but finding your own particular niche is important is impactful because you're doing something much like in any other business, and that's what Twitch is, you're doing something that no one else is doing, uh, or you try to, and that's very hard on a, on a platform that's so packed. But you want to try and find something that's uh, streamer sparse, but viewer dense. And when I started streaming, those were three particular games. That was Warframe, Minecraft, and Dead by Daylight. Um, Warframe was in that way because it was Twitch drops at the time. I believe it was the first game that got them. Uh, second was Minecraft, and that was just full of 12-year-olds. And don't get me wrong, telling a 12-year-old to fuck off is cathartic, as any parent will tell you. But uh, I, no, not for me. And the third was DBD. Uh, and DBD is interesting in the sense that although it is one game in a directory, if you wanted to split the DBD directory into Killers and Survivors, as in there was Dead by Daylight Survivor and Dead by Daylight Killer, you could but that's not what's happened. It's just one game. 
Um, for those who don't get that analogy, it's like if you played Rainbow Six Siege or you played Fall Guys or something, and or less Fall Guys because that chops and change. But it's like if you played Rainbow Six Siege and you streamed only as an attacker or only as a defender because DBD allows you to pick your role, obviously, and you can choose just to be killer or just to be survivor. And so for me, when I was starting on Twitch and I wanted to grow myself, I found my particular niche. I looked at I looked at those three games. I just found things, right? I poured over the stats and I was like, well, DBD is something that I'd enjoy. And then I looked at it and I said, well, there's a lot of people playing Survivor at this particular time frame and this particular bracket, but there's not a lot of people playing Killer. And I was like, bugger that. I can do that. I can play Killer. Uh, there was like probably about three Killer mains on in my particular time. Uh, none of them were Australian. They're all American. And uh, American and EU, actually, of the three. And I thought, well, you know what? I can do that. So I started playing Killer and only Killer because it made me stand out. And I picked a specific time slot and a time zone that worked for me. Uh, and yeah, that was it. So I started playing DBD originally because I was like, I wanted to grow on Twitch and the metrics because I come from a stats and analytical background. I used to work at the Bureau of Stats before I streamed. So stats and all that are kind of my bread and butter. And I was like, this is my thing. I can totally do this. And then I fell in love with the game because I was like, you know what? This has got a really good gameplay loop. Uh, it's pretty simple, the premise. I liked how you explained that it's a horror game and we don't want, you know, the killer kills the survivors. That's not how I explain it. I usually, because I've answered the question so many times now, have you heard, have you been in stream? Because I know you watch me and I appreciate you immensely for that. Uh, have you heard my spiel when people ask what the game's about? You're there, but you're not. I understand. I tell people, they say, what's this game about? And I say, oh, well, uh, DBD is a asymmetrical uh, horror game. However, uh, it's four foolish teens and one old man, a a.k.a. my dad or Bill, you get me. <clears throat> uh, they break into my area and they try to repair my antique generators. Uh, so that way that they are devalued less for the upcoming antique roadshow auction where George and Ethel will be appraising my antique generators. And by repairing them, they're not worth as much. Naturally, I have to kill them because that's my property. That's, I usually go on some spin of that, and I've just been tinkering with that story over the years. <laughs> right, well, that's what I keep going with. I'm like, I'm just killing teens. They're trying to repair my shit. I don't want that. I don't want it to be restored. Okay, that's not okay. But then I'm like, honestly, dude, like, repair the gens, open the doors, easy peasy. That's what got me into DVD originally, was wanting to grow on Twitch. And then I fell in love with the game, and now, as I said, 3,700 hours in it, because the gameplay loop is good, uh, and they've really come a long way from Legacy. Right, infinites are gone, pretty much. Um, actually, no, all true infinites, I suppose, are gone, but there's definitely ones you can run for days. A lot of it's changed. A lot of it's, I love the way that the game has evolved over the years. Uh, and yeah, that's what got me into it originally, was that I wanted to grow, but then I loved the game and fell in love with it. So I'm sorry that's a very long-winded answer, but I wanted to be as thorough as humanly possible. <laughs> remember your very first experience playing dead by daylight <laughs> so i played as the wraith um they had a couple other characters i think they had like the clown who just recently came out and you could buy like the uh 
the copyright copyright characters like Myers, Freddy, and the pig, but I was like, I, I don't want to pay any money. So I'll just start with the ones that are in the game featured. So I started with the Rave and I had no idea what to do. Like they had the tutorial where it's like, you do this, but then you didn't really get the experience of like playing with different people online. So I got bullied a lot for my first game, but I was like, it was fun. I want to get better at it. And, you know, you know you've heard the phrase, practice makes per- perfect. So I kept practicing and practicing, trying different killers out. And then, yeah, now I just uh, just kind of demolish survivors if they try to teabag me or something. <laughs> my first experience with DVD was as killer. And I just jumped in and... Uh, I absolutely destroyed everyone. And that was because I did stuff that people, I don't do it now, but back then I didn't know the game. I was brand new. So yeah, I would tunnel and I would camp because I figured that's just what you do. That's how you play the game. And unfortunately, if that is the way that the game is looking, as in like, if you've got one person on the hook and the other three survivors are just going for it, like if they're not communicating, like they're not a, a team, and they're just waiting, crouched behind boxes, or waiting to go for the save, I have no reason to leave. I have no reason to leave. I'm just going to fucking stand there. And so many people are like, oh, you're totally, you can't be. I'm like, bitch, if you're going to make dumb decisions, like when people dive a hook without borrowed time, and they unhook a survivor, and the survivor runs away, and they expect, oh, don't worry, the killer won't hit you. That's just part of the fun. No, I'm totally going to slap you. I need to see if you've got borrowed time. And if you don't have it, well, then too bad, so sad, you're down. If you make dumb plays, I'm going to capitalize on your dumb play. That's the rules. That's just how it works. Like, I'm in it to win it, baby. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I will let you have fun. And if you've had a really bad game and there's like one survivor who's done a lot of work, but his teammates are trash, then I will let them have the hatch or something. But, you know, it doesn't happen that often. Um, Anyway, yes, I, I, I really do think that I was... I really, really do think that at the very beginning, I was okay at it. But that was just because I obviously tunneled and counter did bullshit, disgusting stuff like that. And then I learned the nuances of the game. And funny enough, I slowly started getting worse because I started playing more to what people... Because, you know, there is the unwritten survivor rulebook for killers by survivors. There's the unwritten rules. And I started being, wanting to be more accommodating of that. Um, and I was, and so I started getting worse and worse. But then you'd start, you'd play badly, and people were like you're a trash killer. I'm like, well, what the? F- I can't win, man. So then eventually, obviously, I figured out how to get good and still win without doing any of the tumbling, gambling bullshit. And that's where I am today, and that's good. That's fine. Um, but in my first few games, I did really, really well. And then I progressively was more and more trash <laughs> as time went on. And then it was kind of like a bell curve. I started good, went shit, then got good again. So yeah, that was my first experience. Um, I wasn't really terrified or anything because I'm the killer. But my first experience of Survivor, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I remember it. I truly remember it. Um, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. It was um, oh, Blood Lodge, one of the McMillan maps. And I had no idea what I not called McMillan. Sorry, it was uh, corn, Cornfield, uh, Cowshed. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh, there's corn. This is cool. I can sit in the corn. I'm safe. No, not fucking safe. He can still see me. Uh, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And... Yeah, I, I'd always gone against sabotage Jakes because I still I still to this day get PTSD. If I see a Jake with a toolbox, no, I no, it's so annoying because they didn't respawn. It was the I still get PTSD from it. I really do. <laughs> 
I don't remember my very first. I wish I did. I desperately wish I did. I remember the earliest one I can remember, which doesn't quite answer the question, but I remember being the most tilted huntress ever, thinking that like survivors were the, the most overpowered in the game. And so I don't think I've ever seen you tilted because of where <laughs> you are now compared to where you probably were then. Oh <laughs> so I remember. Yeah curious about this story a little bit because you know now you're essentially a dvd educator from and, and mm-hmm. i think you can do this from understanding the perspective of both killers and survivors and being able mm-hmm. to it's very easy to give survivors tips when you're playing as killer i do it all the time um mm-hmm. but i never really thought like oh this is something i should i'm just not i'm not great at making a lot of content so <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> that you do it um but yeah tell me yeah. a little bit about this tilted unctuous experience it, it was just, I, so I remember it was Backwater Swamp. Um, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but I, I remember I was live. It was one of those times where I was like kind of like mingling and, and deciding whether I wanted to get into it or not. And I really wanted to get good. Um, I, I, there, it was like I was on this upswing of like, OK, let's see if I can like actually stick with DVD for like the two weeks I was playing it. And I, I was in that Dunning-Kruger sort of moment of like, I don't know what I don't know. I, I was chasing people all over the map. I was, I was hitting some good hatchets here and there, but you know, I was chasing people for like a minute and a half, two minutes, you know, like, um, and I was just, I think I got one kill. I got like maybe five hooks. Like back then we didn't have a hook counter back in my day. Um, and so I, you know, I, three people escaped and I'm like, I just don't, understand how I could be better like it was one of those moments and I, I believe that was like almost verbatim what I said like I don't understand what I'm doing wrong I it must not be me was kind of the sentiment and it's yeah it is a stark contrast to now because I I think that like I, I like to believe that if if I am losing consistently or not doing well it has to be me right um but back then it was like, it was just like, oh, you know, it's, it's the survivors, man. They're, they're just too strong. You know, they got to get nerfed. Um, that's a weird thing to think that came out of my mouth at some point, but that that's true facts. That's, that's my origin story to some degree. <laughs> well, uh, I can see it. I don't remember what it was like the first time I played killer. I was, uh, I didn't start playing killer until the Halloween chapter. And um, then I became Myers main pretty quickly um and eventually due to the horribleness of queue times um i mostly stuck with survivor because i just didn't have the patience to wait uh because it used to be that the queue was really bad playing killer um and now the roles have reversed (laughs) so um yeah i well as your favorite killer or survivor what is your go-to perk loadout um uh, why so i'm waiting for the oh use this room i'm dying no Absolutely no. Um, I use <sighs> Whispers, Barbecue and Chili, Pop Goes the Weasel, and Make Your Choice, which is definitely an odd one. I'm aware of that. Whispers is fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> True, though. Anyway, uh, I play, as I said, Make Your Choice, uh, Barbecue and Chili, Whispers, and Pop Goes the Weasel on Blight. And I know that, oh, and for add-ons, I use uh, the one that gives the green add-on considerably increased slam duration, which is really, really good. I think a lot of people are sleeping on it. Uh, and Umbra Salts for more turning, if I'm feeling that way inclined. 
Um, but if I'm out of the salts, which does happen, usually turning add-ons is the second one because you've got to do the turn. You've got to, you need turning. But if I don't have any of those, because I obviously play a lot of blight, I'll generally use uh, rush recovery, which is a great add-on. Uh, why? So, because Ruin on Dying Tingra, don't get me wrong, that's the meta build. It's very strong. And I hear a lot of people... The problem is you get a you get a killer build that's very strong. People will immediately complain and be like, "Oh, well, you just use this build because it's it's a snooze." Well, actually, I use it because it's very strong and it allows me to be more oppressive than I otherwise would be. So that's why I use it. Um, but I was I stopped using that because I wanted to try something different, and I've kind of slipped into this particular build. Why this build though? Easy to easy to run through. So I will uh, whispers because whispers is fantastic. Whispers gives you information, and information in DVD is amazing. Um, that's why perks that show the aura of survivors uh, are just generally so good. That's why Object of Obsession was always strong, always has been strong, but then it was really strong when people figured out how to use it. That's why it's been changed. Uh, whispers, of course, although not order reading, uh, if you know how to use Whispers, it's amazing because Tier 3 Whispers, it's just like, they're somewhere on the map and you've got no idea. But it's not tier one. So tier one whispers is like this somewhere on the map. You've got no idea. But tier three whispers is is your terror radius. Um, and just by walking around with whispers and watching the perk icon light up, when that lights up, you can get a rough idea. You can triangulate pretty easily where a survivor is, especially if you know what you're doing. It's also very good because with the blind zooming around and you're rushing from gen to gen, uh, you're able to find out if a survivor is in that vicinity of that generator. And if you pass that generator and there's no whispers, you don't need to, you don't need to stop. Just keep on going. So whispers is just mwah, such a good perk. I run it on pretty much, pretty much all my killers. Um, information is fantastic. And whispers gives me that. Uh, second pop goes the weasel just for slowdown. Um, Blight has a lot of map pressure because of how quick he is. You don't really even really need the slowdown, but gens still get done very quickly. Uh, so having, and I'm not using ruin, so because totem perks, man, they get smashed. So having some form of slowdown is just 12 out of 10. So I'm all about that. Uh, barbecue and chili, same deal. Aura reading is really good. It tells me where people are, but also, uh, you know, points. Who doesn't love blood points? I'm a slut for blood points. So, you know, more of that. <clears throat> And the final one is make your choice, which I understand is a strange choice on Blight because for those who don't know how make your choice works, I'm assuming people do, but if you don't, um, the trigger of make your choice says if a survivor's, if you're far enough away from a hook and a survivor unhooks a, and one survivor unhooks another, the person who did the unhooking gets the exposed status. Uh, I think it's 45 seconds or a minute. It's a decent amount of time. And that exposed status means that they go one, they go, they go down in one shot to a basic attack. So Blight's lethal rush is not counted as a basic attack. So as a result, uh, it won't trigger the exposed status. But let me rephrase, it won't down them in one hit. If you hit them with a lethal rush, it won't. So I understand a lot of people probably think that's a dumb choice, but it's not because Blight can travel across the map so quickly that if someone gets unhooked, you can just zoom right back. It's not like the hillbilly who has to charge a chainsaw and you know it's coming. Blight just goes bounce, bounce, and that's it. You're on your merry way. You're just zooming across the map. And you deliberately, you can, you can control when you want to stop. You just swing early. So if you see that survivor who has the exposed status, and it's easy to tell because you just find the survivor who's not injured near that hook, you just swing early and then you just chase them down and M1 them. And even if your 
even even if you don't decide to go back across the end of the map, just simply by the survivor being exposed for that length of time, usually stops that survivor from doing anything. I've found from running Make Your Choice on the blind, a lot of survivors, when they get exposed, they just don't know what the fuck to do. And they either don't do a gen or they don't work on anything because they're afraid that all they have to do is come across and just slap you once and you're down. So is a strange choice on blind, but being able to get close to that survivor, like close enough that I'm able to just walk around and M1 them normally is is really good. And I usually get value out of it. I would say at the very least two to three times a game, make your choice is one of those perks that scales better with user experience. And obviously if the pallets are gone, but user experience and knowing how to run it. So yeah, I get value two to three times a game. And I think downing someone instantly two to three times a game is fantastic. Any Myers player like you, Anola, will tell you that. So long answer sorry about that but that is uh that is why make your choice make a choice is an odd one i understand i'm probably the only person who runs it on blight honestly truly um but it works for him works really well give it a try oh well my top two favorite perks are nurses calling and barbecue and chili um with nurses calling when a survivor is injured you're able to see them heal and with barbecue and chili once you hook a survivor you can turn around and you can basically see where the other three teammates are i'm a very visual person so I need to kind of see where people are. So if there's any perk where it's like you're able to see your fellow teammates. So like with Survivor, I really like using Bond. Uh, that's really helpful. Or Spine Chill, because I I love horror, but I am so silly when it comes to jump scares. I need to know when the killer's coming. So I just need to be alert at all time. So uh, yeah, definitely Barbecue and Chili. Nurses Calling. Pop Goes the Weasel's good, but I think with like the recent new perks coming into the game with Jill and Leon, I might need to hold off on Pop Goes the Weasel. And what's a good fourth one? I guess if I want to be a little toxic, I like Devoured Hope. It's a little fun. Um, every time you hook more survivors without them cleansing the totem, you get to mori them on spot. And the the killer's mori animation is pretty cool. So if I want to be a if I want to be a little messy, I'll bring in Devoured Hope. I actually so I have two two my two favorite perk loadouts. I'll, I'll do my survivor one. So underrated, but it is empathy, solidarity autodidact and then you could kind of do whatever for your fourth but like sometimes i'll do like second wind it's it's kind of my heel build um it's so underrated it's like my favorite build in the world but um you know it it, it kind of goes without explanation but the the idea is like you know if somebody's injured i'm gonna get up there get my autodidact stacks if I'm injured too, uh, it's very likely that via like my first autodidact heal, I end up healing myself because of solidarity. So if you, because if you guys don't know, autodidact, your first few skill checks actually reverse the heal bar. So when you hit a skill check, it'll take away a chunk of the healing progress. But after your first two skill checks, I believe, um, any skill check you get after that starts multiplying the amount of healing done. So at, at some point, once you get like five stacks of autodidact, you hit a skill check and you heal somebody for like 60% of their bar. It's insane. And, and with solidarity, when you heal somebody else, you heal yourself at a 50% progress rate, which is always nice. But through, through doing all that, then you have second wind. So when you get unhooked, then you just wait a few seconds and you're auto healed underrated Steve perk. It's just fun. It, it's not, 
meta by any means, but you know, I'm not big um, on like Dead Hard, D Strike, Unbreakable, that kind of stuff. I'm not either. I've always been, I know maybe it's weird as a survivor. I've always taken pride in the fact that I've never used D Strike ever. I was like, I don't need D Strike to be good at this game or to win. <laughs> and I don't need to bully killers. So, you know, it's not my objective when I play. So, I'm just trying to survive the match and get as many points as possible. <laughs> I don't use Dead Hard. I don't use D-Strike. I don't use any of those types of perks. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't either. And, and part of like the education stuff that I've tried to do is because I, I think people lean on perks really, really, really hard. Um, and so like on a survivor side, you'll see, you know, D-Strike Unbreakable prove thyself, you know, like the more meta stuff. And I, I'm not judging anyone for using any of those perks, but I told myself when I wanted to get better and when I wanted to teach people, I wanted to teach people that they could be good at the game without those. And that if you rely on them too much, it can really go south and, and be um, kind of a crutch. And, and that kind of segues into the killer build. When I'm playing Pyramid Head, um, I usually don't run any slowdown perks. So that's one big thing for me is it, to test like how well I make decisions, how fast I end my chases. I usually don't run slowdown. I might run corrupt intervention. So you might see that on there. Um, but other than that, I am a big fan of uh, Nurse's Call. Uh, monitor and abuse um, which monitor will shrink his terror radius to about 26 meters um, or I'm sorry uh, 24 meters I can't do math um, and then nurses call detects healing at 28 meters and that's really good because pyramid head can shoot through walls and stuff so it you know it makes it really nice to like get the drop on people but then I usually will use like infectious fright um, and I'm all years or something like that so usually it's just stuff to help me shoot through walls and like get the drop on people and stuff like that um i will sometimes get rid of monitor and just use corrupt like i said but that's that's like the go-to pyramid head build if you were really trying to like kit it out and be like you know super strong pyramid head there are other builds but that's mine to test me and my chase times and stuff like that Dead by Daylight and the development team, they're under constant critique from the community for a variety of reasons. What is a change the team has implemented that you believe has improved the game and had a positive impact on the community? Uh, disconnection penalties. <laughs> I think that's a good thing because people will just leave with no consequences. I do think the disconnection penalty, I'm fine with that. I'm happy with that. And I know that it, there's no way you can give any opinion on DVD without it being polarizing to someone out there because there's always someone who's going to be upset. And to the person who's upset about that, you little bitch. But uh, I do think that that's a good thing. They've added penalties for people who just want to leave the game. And I know that some people just want to leave and just, and just you know, fuck off entirely. But you're impacting the experience of three others, right? especially as a survivor who spends well, upwards of 10 minutes trying to find a game, you get into your game only to find something you don't like and you're willing to leave and jeopardize the fun of three others who are just trying to have a good time. And there's no guarantee that killer is going to take pity. Why should I have to take pity as the killer? Because you have no patience. Like, I shouldn't. That's just stupid. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I do think, as I said, disconnection penalties, really, really good. I think that's a massive positive change to the game. I really do. There's a couple things they've recently changed. I think one for me is the accessibility that they recently added. I think a lot of people forget that everyone has access to video games and gaming is for everyone. So there are there are times where 
if the game like if someone's playing a game and it it affects them like i know one thing i'm really i love the accessibility but like for the doctor for example i want to see more changes with accessibility with him because like even when i play survivor like his shock factor kind of gives me a headache but i know for those who like suffer with epilepsy that might be even worse for them so it's like for players who might have a disability and want to play the game it is nice that they're kind of changing it up so they are able to have that fun and terrifying experience with dead by daylight because again, it's 2021. The gaming industry is still growing massively and improving, like with the graphics and everything. So it, it's even with the improvement with the graphics, we still should continue to improve with letting everybody play. Because gaming is for everyone. Just make sure we're still in the correct age group. Because Dead by Daylight is rated M. So um, I think one, I they they recently mentioned it in the recent broadcast for their fifth anniversary, is the tally with like the auto bans and stuff. Like as much as I love Dead by Daylight, we do have those toxic players who you know they put a lot of hours in the game so they think they're the king queen of the world so they basically own the game and they treat others or even especially newcomers horribly so i think one thing is i mean we do have the report system but i think just like really like looking at like the toxic gameplay of like how certain toxic players might play kind of get that like punishment they deserve because at the end of the day it is a game we're here to have fun so especially with like in-game chat i do like the like recent addition they've added with like the censorship so it's now like hashtags if they say something inappropriate um i kind of want them to go a little uh further above that so it's like if someone's out of line being rude out of hand not being friendly or you know what i mean then they can actually get that punishment of like hey don't do this no more like you know like if someone dc's they get like maybe a 10 15 minute like ban oh no no we gotta we gotta we gotta really step it up it's like nope you're gonna be out of hand one day or something i'm like give it a whole day ban so they can think about it something, something like that oh man um I mean, as recently as the accessibility feature changes. So, you know, instead of having to press and mash your space bar or whatever button to struggle on the hook, you just have to, you know, hit the button um, or, or hit space bar, hit skill checks, right? Um, instead of, you know, having to mash. Those things are incredibly healthy for a number of reasons, right? As young developers, I, I can understand the sort of idea of like, oh, if we make them mash the button, they'll feel like they're struggling, you know? That idea is reminiscent of like quick time events from God of War and Resident Evil 4, but unfortunately it doesn't scale well in a world of accessibility features being overlooked. And it's good that they are making time to allow for people to play the game in a more um, approachable way without special equipment and without having to purchase special gear. Um, so that's the most recent one, but I, I think that uh, Leaks by Daylight has sort of data mined, and I'm not condoning or whatever uh, data mining, but they have data mined some info that shows that skill checks are, or um, that skill checks are coming to wiggling in a what looks to be a unique way. So um, it looks like that's getting changed to soon or rather than later, at least, which is good. Yeah, it really is. And so um, I enjoyed your thread about uh, talking about it and 
you know, that's why I said you're obviously advocating for this. And I appreciate that you're constantly advocating for those things within the community and helping to be the other voice um, that isn't just like, oh, the devs are terrible, <laughs> you know, um, because, it, it, well, and me, I've worked with engineers in the gaming space for 10 years now. So I have a very keen other side of the fence understanding of how the development cycle and process works and um, how decisions get made and how difficult and how long it takes to do these things. Um, so I think I have a little more patience than other members of the community. <laughs> This is the exciting stuff with the recent announcement of the Resident Evil chapter. Tell me your initial reaction at finding out about the characters coming to the game. And if you've played them on the PTB already, what are your thoughts so far? my dream chapter after last year with them announcing silent hill i was like oh my god we can actually get more horror video games into the game and like you said like longtime resident evil fans like i was really hoping that we could bring some original characters i know a lot of people were saying they would like to see jack from seven or ethan or i know a lot of people wanted lady demetrius don't worry folks i wanted her too but res like it the way Resident Evil is like the characters they chose. This is Resident Evil. This is just OG Resident Evil. This is perfect. And I was able to do the PTB. I am in love with the map. I'm love. I'm in love with Jill and Leon's designs and per perks. Even Nemesis himself. I personally would have liked to see Mr. X, but I have theories. Future Fog fashion videos. I really feel like they can do legendary skins like they did last year with Silent Hill they could bring other resident og resident evil characters maybe chris or claire redfield or they could bring mr x because nemesis is a big boy and mr x is also a big boy so i see a lot of i, I see a lot of potential and another good thing um i do see a lot of resident evil fans coming into dead by daylight who haven't played dead by daylight before so a lot more new members coming into the community i'm really excited i'm really excited yeah um you know I, everybody does they put the tinfoil hats on every time there's a new you know who's the killer who's the killer i called nemesis a while ago there was no way it was going to be anyone else in my mind um i wouldn't have been upset if it was anyone else but like he's got the most potential i think and um i always thought there would be two survivors i definitely thought they would do i mean there's so many characters to choose from there's no way they just pick the one um and so i'm floored leon jill nemesis jill jill is like my favorite resident evil character she is so cool i like i haven't played resident evil like the original resident evil nemesis but i played three remake and i was like she's so sick <laughs> um so i yeah she's like my new survivor main um i did play the ptb 
and um, I am actually working on a very in-depth video about the new map for Raccoon City Police Department because that map is one-to-one -one identical to Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is very cool. The map one. I think this is the biggest map and most detailed map we've ever had installed to the game. Uh, for those who have not played Resident Evil 2 Remake, I'd probably recommend you play the 2 Remake first before you jump into the new map because... It's literally copied right from the remake into the game. Like, there's so many uh, details that I remember from, too. Like, there were some codes on the wall. Um, like, the library where Mr. X... It's, it's traumatizing because it was terrifying, but um, the library where Mr. X would chase you around, it's just completely detailed. So I think they did a really good job. I understand like where we, why we would get like graphical updates from the past instead of a new map, but after looking at this map, not mad. They did a great job. It's spot on, exactly, exact replica of the two remake. So I, I have no flaws. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's weird because you could play Resident Evil 2 Remake, you know, three times, but then you hop into Dead by Daylight and the minute you're looking for a pallet or a gen, you have no idea where you are on that map. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, they blew out and made quite a few more doorways so that things connect and make more sense. And um, But I this is one of the best chapters they've ever made. There are very few glaring, just broken bugs. Um, the zombie AI is a little goofy, but they've already mentioned there are a few like minor bugs with them not hearing everything because there are zombies on the map now, which is cool. Um, but I, I think Nemesis is a very good killer. He needs a, just a a few tweaks because he's got some little quirks to him that I don't think are working as intended. The survivor perks are insane as Leon being able to craft like flashbang grenades and Jill can like trap gens that blow up when killers kick them. Yeah, the sacrifice is you can't finish the gen. It doesn't work if you finish the gen first. But it's interesting. It changes the again, like what happened when the Saw chapter came out. That was the first chapter where the killer um, really changed the gameplay and how to, I guess, win or survive um, because of what the traps did and that you couldn't just leave the match with an active trap on your head um, and things like that. So I do like uh, where they bring in elements that really will change how you have to think and do things. You can't just run a game exactly the same every single time as a survivor or as a killer to finish your objective. Exactly. The the keeping, you know, keeping survivors on their toes is kind of because there are, you know, more survivor players than killer. And if every game's predictable, then there are not any more survivor players anymore. So I, I think adding in things like AI that are sort of ever evolving and changing and less predictable, but the killer, you know, I, I think that this is just a very inventive, great approach to the game. And I've said this before, but them implementing Victor recently where you can control two people at once and then them implementing AI. It's like they're shooting for loftier goals and, and crazier things. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of the dev team because they're, they're making it happen. It's cool. I really, I really think with like legendary skins, they can definitely do Mr. X and then same since we got two survivors, male and female, they can definitely bring other legendary skins quote unquote but characters into the game as well so oh, i see a lot of potential coming soon and what a big year like let resident evil's 25th anniversary dead by daylight's fifth anniversary perfect timing
Yeah, I am a fan. I love it. Um, so now we're going to get into some questions that were submitted. This question comes from the RP Derp, and it's for everyone. What is the one thing that intrigued you about Dead by Daylight and dragged you deeper into the game to the point that it is now one of your main games? Yeah, um, just the fact that when someone gets, someone's a real salty cunt at the end of the game, ugh, I just live for that. That's so good. No, not really. Um, the thing that drags me deeper into the game, honestly, it's just there's the, there is a constant progression system. Even if it doesn't feel very impactful, the blood web is a constant progression system, and I love that. Uh, also being able to, you know, level up and have the choice of a multitude of killers, I absolutely love that too, depending on what I want to do. You know, if I want to you know, be, you know, a 300 IQ gamer and put traps down, I can. If I want to hate my life, I can play hack. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, I've got a whole bunch of things. And, uh, yeah, that's what keeps me coming back is the multitude of options, the progression system. And, yes, yeah, sometimes you get a really salty person in the game. I live for that. 12 out of 10. Like I said, I've never really seen a four against one tactic with video game, like, video game like this. I'm also not... I mean, I play other multiplayer games like overwatch and apex but that's like you know six against six three against three but with this specifically it's four against one and also you're playing tag really so i think that's kind of cool where it's like you're playing tag with other multiplayer games but in like a horror realm a horror universe in the entity so it just it just dug it just dragged me so deep where it's like i'm addicted i play other games but like i always just find my way back to this game because literally every match you go into it is never the same you might play the same killer same survivor bring in the same perks xyz but it is always different and i love that oh man um honestly it, it was because it, it's unique was really what it was 4v1 the dark sort of mysterious eerie feeling combined with it being multiplayer there's just no other game that has been multiplayer and has lasted this long and has been so incredibly unique um that's 100 percent what it is for me there's there's more than meets the eye it's it's weird it's unique and yeah that that was the biggest reason on top of it just, you know, being multiplayer. This question comes from Catstead, host of the TGIF Horror Podcast, and it's also for everyone. Cat um, asks, if you could have any horror villain join Dead by Daylight, who would you choose? I feel like I hope a lot of people have said this. Jason, absolutely Jason, a billion years Jason. Best of luck. It's never going to happen, but Jason, in there. Never going to have a good luck. Yeah, Jason, yeah, because good luck. That one's tied up in legal hell. Uh, real shame, too, honestly, like a real shame. But, yeah, Jason, 1,000% Jason. Love it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, Jason, 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 enough said. Ooh, well, we already got my dream chapter, Resident Evil, but I personally would love to have Candyman come into the game kind of like what they did with Bruce Campbell with Ash I would love to have uh Tony Todd voice Candyman just be my victim just I don't know how that whispered into my ear while I'm running away I'm just like oh it's a dream I love I just love Tony Todd he's a great actor if you're listening to this Tony Todd I love you <laughs> I do you're great man you know I, if I'd been asked this a long time ago, I'd say Pyramid Head. I thought that was never going to happen, you know. Um, the next big one for me is is like Alien. Like, 
I grew up, me and my dad watched a lot of Alien growing up, and if they could get a Xenomorph in the game somehow, um, that would be kind of the pinnacle for me. I didn't grow up with like Hellraiser or, you know, there's a lot of other beloved things that people want to see in the game, but uh, Alien would be like, after that, I just would be impressed with anything else, but that's my, my big ask. Think about when a xenomorph interacts with a generator and it's acid touched, so you can't interact with it for a certain amount of time uh, until a cooldown or something happens because it's, you know, burned through the hull essentially. I just did the recording for my alien episode yesterday, so this is very fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> um, love xenomorphs. So um, this question is uh, from Vessel Official and it is for Dylan, but I'm going to open it up for. Uh, to everybody um what killer do you think would cook you the best meal on a date okay cool well thanks dylan cool happy dylan no that's a good one. no let it let him let him let dylan have his thing it's all right congratulations you pinkhead bastard i love you oh easily bubba he's got that barbecue and chili like he's got it down that's just <laughs> like no no questions asked i think you'd be great at it yeah, <laughs> good family cooking. Yeah, <laughs> show you a good time. The, nur uh, the nurse, the nurse. Sally seems like a sweet gal. I, I don't know what it is. She just seems really sweet. She's terrifying. Like she's, if the, if you go up against a really good nurse main, she's terrifying. But I just, I feel like Sally's sweet. She seems like a very nurse. Like she'll take care of you. Like her name, nurse. She'll take care of you. So I think Sally could cook up a really nice meal on a date. Absolutely the hag, not even a question. Like, she's the only one who has any cooking experience, really. So, yeah. Exactly. Everything's family style. Um, <laughs> so these questions come from Moon Sun, and they're also for you, Dylan. So, um, and there's quite a, there's a few of them here. So many people do believe that the trickster is still weak. Do you think so as well? What would you change about him? Um... I think he's comparatively weak in certain circumstances. I, I think weakness is circumstantial. There's a lot of nuance to the conversation of weakness in Dead by Daylight, but because um, in a lot of ways, in a lot of loops, I would consider Trickster stronger than a lot of basic M1 killers. But um, his biggest issue is like lack of splitting pressure. You could argue that it takes Trickster, uh, like his time to down somebody is a little lengthier than somebody else who has you know his range for instance like huntress um so I, I think it would be really cool if he were different and I, i've proposed this change before but um a, a slight change to the laceration meter would be all that i would ever change um for those of you that don't know when trickster throws a knife at somebody and it hits uh their laceration meter procs and it starts to fill up and it takes eight knives to take a health state um down so what I would say to do is because it takes eight knives to take a health state, I would put a hard like cutoff on the laceration meter. So say you throw four or five knives at somebody and you've passed a 50% threshold, it'd be cool if the laceration meter stopped at four knives. So the next time you encounter that person, you know, you only have to throw four more knives, which would give you this long standing pressure. It wouldn't be like too broken. So you can 
you know, see two people and throw four knives in one guy and then five knives in another and then commit to a chase and still have some pressure on them, be able to get those downs faster later, but it's not so like overwhelming. But the idea would be that if you don't commit to throwing four knives, you know, if you only throw two knives on somebody, then it would decay to zero. So the idea that you have to commit to throwing like four or five knives, if you want to split pressure, I, I just think that that would make him have a lot of viability in a lot of different areas. Cause if somebody has got a strong loop on me and I've got six knives in them and I have to leave, it's like, well, I just wasted a bunch of time. That sucks. So, um, that's, that's what I would change. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause no matter what, if he exactly, runs out, he's got to right. go get more so, mm-hmm. um, as well. So, um, so what in your opinion does the game need the most? This was an interesting question. I'm not sure how it's framed exactly, but what does it need the most? Ooh. What do I think the game means? I, I think... Oh, dear God. Uh, I'm going to go like a <laughs> big brain route. I think the game needs a community that's willing to be more empathetic. <laughs> that's what I think. Um, I think the game does very well um if we're talking balance of the game stuff like that that conversation's always ever growing and ever changing what i say today won't matter in six months because things could change but i think we as community members have to take more time to think not only of ourselves but of the other side of the other survivors and of the developers um especially before we speak before we act is what we're saying and doing really going to help people or is it only to hurt people and make us feel good um whether that's in yeah play that play the game have fun um and have like a collective empathy it's funny we talked about this when we did the midsummer episode about collective empathy um not to say that that is appropriate but i think that we do have to have a bit of a collective empathy because when i am in a match i don't just dc because i think about the time that it took all of us to get into that queue and how uh leaving that game will affect everybody else so and I don't, you know, I'm playing, I'm trying to have a good time. Everybody else is trying to have a good time too. And I think you have to think about that from the killer perspective too, because nobody's having fun if you're just camping and tunneling. Like, so that's why I don't play that way. Like, regardless of the unwritten rules by survivors mm-hmm. written for killers. Right. Yeah, that's, you know, that's one thing when it comes to education is, you know, uh, I, I don't play, like, I, I won't give up my game so that everybody can have like a great time, but I'm not going to ruin somebody's time and like, tunnel the first person i see you know what i mean like it, it it's about kind of just thinking a little bit it's it's really all it is you know um and not thinking about yourself i think is like step one um uh, you know obviously you can you can want to win but you wanting to win at all costs i think is maybe not always the healthiest thing um that there's a lot to be said about that that's a whole like two hour discussion but but yeah so if you could have any killer mechanic added to the game, what would it be? Oh, man, that's um, that's a very that's a meteor one. And that's that's the question yeah, we end up. That is a very today, interesting so. question. You know, there's been there's been so much added to the game. I, I've kind of talked about this before, and I don't know if this would be an ability or a perk, but I'm just going to throw this out because I've, I've snowballed this before. But I would love a killer or perk that makes it look like gens are further along than they are um when trickster came out i was like oh it'd be cool if he was like a trickster and like you know, played tricks it, he you know tricksters like he does knife tricks not so i was you know but in my head it would be like oh wouldn't it be really cool if the killer could trap a gen
gen, somebody is like, oh man, this gen's at 50%. They run up to it and then it like, it gets locked for a minute. Like just because they interacted with a trapped gen or something like that would be cool. Uh, you know, like it's an illusion. Ha ha, joke's on you. There's actually no progress on this gen and how nobody can touch it. Ha 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 ha. Like, <laughs> I think there's something really unique in that. I know a lot of people want uh, abilities like a killer that like looks like a survivor or can turns into survivors and I, I, i'm trying to think about balance when i make my suggestions so i think we all just really wish that we had gotten Legion. that in friday the 13th oh, yeah. the game before it got into legal battles and we weren't able to get it even though like because mm -hmm. it was coming um and then it wasn't <laughs> uh and i think also uh mrs Voorhees wow. was coming so just the difference mm -hmm. there so um yeah things we don't right. have Hard but idea. um yeah, I mean, there's different things. I mean, the, we have so much you can, and the combinations you can do with perk loadouts, like you could really do almost anything. But at, at the same time, there are perks that have come out that I think diminish an, another perk that already existed. Yeah. So it, all, that perk kind of seems useless at this right. point, yeah. you know? So, um, and I think that also goes with some of the perks on Jill or right. Leon. Yeah. Now, because uh, I think I was comparing one of Jill's perks to another one. I'm she not remembering exactly what it was now, but that's insanely good. Um, that like cleanse really, really right. fast. Yeah, I was like, well, so just forget using small yeah. game or you know whatever <laughs> detective's hunch. Um, but there are a lot of perks that also kind of do similar things, so I really want them to think a little more outside yeah, the, of the box. The gradual sort of power creep uh, almost of perks makes it so it's like. Like, yeah, Hex Thrill of the Hunt is different than Undying, but who's going to use Thrill of the Hunt anymore, right? Like, I'm glad they've gone back and reworked a lot of things to do something different. I still use Thrill of the Hunt, but that's just because I think I don't use I Undying because it's, like, yeah. boring for me. Yeah, Undying's like, you're like... <laughs> I want the like, blood yeah, points. Undying's, like, too strong. I'll just use Thrill of the Hunt. It's younger brother, you know? Um, yeah, because I, 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 I totally get that. And that's why, like, the, you know... Uh, I'm glad small game is the way it is now because detectives hunch was like, it was nice, but to me it was like never used it. But collectively I always thought that tap as a survivor had the strongest perks. Like he had three really strong perks. <laughs> Tenacity. Yeah. 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 It's and, and and thinking about it, right. From like a new player perspective, uh, small games, like a free perk. So the fact that it's like highly useful and free, like, yes, Detective's Hunch is super, super strong, but now it's like not as necessary, but it's more specific. So there's like there are some trades, but there and that's why I'm glad like with Leon, they have this whole flashbang thing and stuff like that. They've they're trying to add like this new weird mechanic instead of just being like, hey, we have uh, we have oh, what's what's Kate's perk? Um, it is like Windows of opportunity like shows you all the auras of everything it, but then it's like here's ancient tactics which is the same thing but for a killer like we've seen some of those reskins but i'm glad that with this dlc the perks are real weird they're all pretty weird they're very fresh and personally i think the nemesis the first thing i did was look at his perks and i said these are so op they're so strong we're all gonna die <laughs> i thought the opposite well i thought that about the survivor perks i thought his were like pretty good but i was like these survivor perks excuse me <laughs> no i mean because i thought about them and the, and how and what combos i could do with them immediately and just thought wow people aren't gonna be ready for 
for me, not necessarily as me playing Nemesis, but utilizing his perks on other killers. And I think uh, the way for me to end this episode uh, for everybody is play more Dead by Daylight and oh shit, Funko Pops are coming. Thank you, Nola. That was lovely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. I don't know what it is. It's just horror brings people together and i it's it's just great like yeah we're on the edge of our seat panicking crying screaming xyz but it's just it brings people together and you you can't get any better than that right because again you never know what's going to happen in the fog you never know what's going to happen in the fog thank you for having me oh yeah (laughs) thank you for having me